0: What is up Freedom Chasers? If you are looking to get into commercial real estate investing, we have the show for you today. Our guest is a nurse anesthesiologist turned real estate investor who is grossing $950,000 per year. And we're gonna get into a story about how he did it now. Welcome to the Freedom Chasers Six Figure Strategies Podcast. If you're an agent or an investor yet to hit six figures, this is the show for you. We take a deep dive into strategies to help you achieve the goal of six figures so that you can grow up to seven figures eventually. All right, here we are with Tim Horvath, doctorally prepared anesthesia provider who is chasing financial freedom through commercial real estate with Bold City Commercial. Tim, I'd love to hear the story, man. Obviously, you're a nurse anesthesiologist. You have a pretty solid job. What attracted you to real estate?
1: Yeah, good question. I, um, you know, for some reason, since I was younger, real estate's always been a draw to me. Um, I don't know why, it's just kind of always been there. And once I got some financial independence and had the capability of going into real estate, it uh, and learning, you know, how it really can ultimately give me financial freedom. It was just the draw; I was hooked. And once I got my taste, it's, it hasn't stopped, hasn't stopped, and it's only continued to grow.
0: So, how did you originally get your taste? Like, what did the process look like? When I
1: graduated, the first house I bought. Um, so I graduated in two thousand twelve with anesthesia. And uh, bought a house pretty, as soon as I was able to get uh, approval from a bank and the whole intent behind there, um, commercial was never, never in my uh, viewpoint. It was always residential because that's just what I knew. Um, and I bought, I bought a house. My dad and I personally rehabbed it. I was going to do the Burr method and uh, moved, you know, re- rented it, moved on to the next one, did that a couple times and the, the money just, it. It was, it, they were cash positive, you know, this is back in 2013, so there wasn't too much appreciation. Uh, and I kind of stumbled into a commercial deal, a small commercial deal. And once I did that and learned of the significantly positive financial uh, opportunities and commercial, I sold my residential portfolio and went head in into commercial.
0: Cool. So tell me about the first commercial property that you bought then. Um, how did that look? What was the process like? Obviously it was an interesting journey, I'm sure, with your first commercial buy. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll make it I'll make it quick. But I um I back then I was looking on I think it was like Hot Pads. This is before Zillow Bottom. And this is again back in 14-ish. And uh I came across I was on Hot Pads, which was mainly residential, and I came across a commercial property in my neighborhood, and they were it was, they were asking like $50,000, which I knew was inexpensive for that area. And I reached out to him. It was a realtor that wasn't marketing it appropriately. It was a weird situation with the seller in the sense that he had gotten the property because he had done work for the previous owner and they owed him money and he just wanted to offload it. So I saw an opportunity, snatched it up um, and you know, quickly learned that in commercial, the tenants, a rents rents are higher. B, the tenants take care of the space, um, and less headaches for you, and you can uh, grow your portfolio a lot quicker. So that really turned me on to commercial, and it was it was a great investment.
0: Yeah, man, fifty k for any commercial deal sounds like a yeah. solid deal to me. Yeah. Um, so give me a little bit more details there. When you talk commercial, are we talking a lot of residential units? Or are you talking more? Um, no. So when I when I
1: speak When I, when I speak commercial, I'm, I'm talking about office, uh, retail, uh, I'm not talking apartment complexes or multifamily in that sense. I'm, I'm speaking true businesses, renting, renting from me as the landlord.
0: Gotcha. So you do the triple net lease strategy or what else are you working on there? Um, just recently got my first triple net, uh, true, true triple net. People use
1: that, use that term. Um, uh, not always completely understanding what, what they're what they're saying, but from my perspective, we we have just under one hundred thousand square feet, and I would say only five thousand of that is true triple net. Um, the others are like I have um, a seventy thousand square foot office complex, and it's it's harder to do triple net when you have like I have like seventy tenants in those in those two buildings combined. So we kind of do gross leases, um, and you know with the rents we're calculating what our expenses are. So. For these smaller businesses that come in, because we're more uh, we're more geared towards smaller businesses, uh, which is which is good, especially in this economy and this market, uh, it makes us more marketable and it, it allows us to fill up quicker at higher rent rates. And um, they they just pay one rent; we cover all the expenses. Otherwise, it just comes it flows indirectly through their rent.
0: Perfect, man. Let's talk a little bit more about the first one. So, was that an office building or or, or... Just give me a little bit more details on, on how the first one was. For It was a, um, the first one was just a 1500
1: square foot, uh, condo. It was, uh, I say condo, office condo, and it was part of 22 unit complex. So I was one of 22 units and the HOA was responsible for all the exterior. The tenant was responsible for all the interior. So I was pretty hands off right from the get go.
0: That sounds like a pretty sweet deal, man. So like what kind of cash flow were you getting on that? when you first got it
1: man when i got that and it was interesting because i bought it from the realtor he called me um and he he called me the next day after we closed on he's like hey just fyi there was uh someone looking to rent this i can pass you their information and um i reached out to her and it was uh, a lady looking to create a massage parlor she came in Next day, she's like, I was like, I'm going to, you know, I was excited. I was like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to upgrade that. She's like, I don't care about any of that. I just need these two things and uh, I'll take it. So she was renting it for, you know, I ended up buying it for 35 FYI. I put like five into it and she was renting back then for like 1500.
0: Sweet, man. I mean, that's a great way to get started. So tell me about the evolution from there. Obviously that, that probably turned you onto the idea of commercial investing Where did you go from there?
1: It did turn me on to commercial. So that was 2014, 15 ish, I want to say. And at that point I started offloading my residential and I wanted to do magnitude of scale. And I ended up talking to a good friend of mine who is financially savvy and trustworthy, uh, and we ended up joining forces to do bigger deals, uh, on the commercial side of things. So we created Bull city commercial. And this is like 2000, I want to say 16, 17 ish. And we started, we bought our first property together. Uh, it was about a 9,000 square foot. It was an old chamber of commerce building in uh, my neck of the woods here in Jacksonville. And it was completely vacant. And we, we did some manual labor in there. Uh, it became a friends and family adventure uh, rehabbed it. It wasn't, it wasn't a crazy rehab under $50,000. The building wasn't terrible. Um, and, uh, we ended up getting it a hundred percent occupied within uh, up to a hundred percent occupancy within six months. And again, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about commercial real estate, even, even having that small condo deal jumping into this back then that was a $500,000 purchase, um, jumped into that, not really knowing much just, um, just did it. And, Quickly learned, and and the big thing with commercial when I say in regards to the valuations, commercial real estate's really based. It's looked at as a business, right? It's based on your cash flow. So when I bought that building for five hundred thousand uh, dollars, it's it was unoccupied. If I it took me six months to put those tenants in there, and based on the numbers back then, six months later it was worth a million dollars. So you doubled the valuation just by bringing in tenants, right? Obviously, it's appreciated more since then, but. Right off the bat, commercial properties, you can, you can buy a vacant piece of property, put a tenant in, and the next day it's worth double.
0: Absolutely. That's the beauty of commercial, right? Because there's value add in, in multiple levels. You, you could rehab it, as you had mentioned before, or you could just improve the operations of it. And that increases the value almost right away. And as you said, since they're doing it based on cap rate instead of um, pulling comps, it's just a totally different ballgame. So tell me about the, um, is that the one that was the two buildings right next to each other, the two D or twin neighboring class D buildings that were no. 70,000 square feet? Is that that one? Or is that a different one? Different. one.
1: That was a different one that came to, uh, three years ago, we bought the first building, which was 35,000 square foot. And that one wasn't that because was, that was actually, yeah, that was right. I'm trying to think it was right before COVID. Yeah. And uh, it was just a building that was sitting, it it, it had good management. They were like 70% occupied. Um, And they, it was an older couple, just wasn't able to move it. We ended up coming in, we saw the potential. And a big thing we do, which is, has really helped us as we've grown um, so we get the property under contract. We do a due diligence of say 60 or 90 days and we begin marketing it for lease immediately. I want to see the bites when, when I'm evaluating a, a commercial property, I want to see is, is people really interested in this? Is there any potential? Cause I knew they weren't marketing it correctly. Um, and that's where I saw the value add for that 30%, right? And, uh, we ended up marketing it. We signed, we got someone that put in a letter of commitment on basically 20% left of the space. And that's what made us close on the deal. We're like, all right, this is, you know, right away, it's going to turn around for us. Um, So we locked that down. And then the other 10% was pretty easy. Um, And then the deal you're talking about, as far as the neighboring buildings, the neighboring building was having a lot of issues uh, for, and we haven't, at this point, we had owned our building for, because we just bought it a year ago and they were having issues they were only 30% occupied, the building needed a lot of work. And I ended up reaching out to the, um, the owner at that point who began negotiating with us and, you know, I knew the market, obviously I knew everything about that building. It was a mirror image of ours and we did get, began negotiating with him. And it was kind of an interesting story because he wasn't, he was previously a tenant, he became the owner. He had bought it from the previous owner as a, um, owner finance deal. And he didn't disclose to us that he was in foreclosure with that guy. So we ended up going around him and negotiating with the, the lien holder who was, uh, an independent person. And, you know, he wasn't too happy about that, but we ended up getting it for even cheaper, um, and closed on that deal. And again, within four months, we had that thing. We dumped a lot of money into it, probably. That's the big thing with commercial, right? Like the numbers can be better, but your capital expenditures, you have to have deeper pockets. Like I just put a new roof on that building. That was $150,000 roof, ACs there. There's 12 ACs and those are anywhere from 15 to 25K a piece. So as the game gets bigger, the you know everything gets bigger.
0: Absolutely, I love that you brought that up. So when you do these value ads, and you increase the value of the home, are you cashing out on that equity or are you holding on are you just leaving it there? So this year, we or 2022,
1: we just did, all of our loans uh, are through one of the local credit unions and and they, we locked them all in. We, we felt the market was, because that's a big thing that's different with commercial too is lending. So the big thing, you know, because everyone's always, I always hear from people hey, we want to invest in commercial real estate. Hey, we want to do this in commercial real estate, but they always say they're scared. And I'm I'm here to say it's nothing to be scared of. It's just different. And one of the big things that's different is lending. That's one of the big variables that you have to learn. Um, But So all of our loans are with a a local bank and we locked them in at good interest rates for long terms. And we went to them because we were looking to get a line of credit. And they just gave us a, uh, a million dollar line of credit based on our portfolio. So at any point we have access to a million dollar line of credit, just under a million dollar line of credit.
0: Sweet man. That's an absolutely tremendous resource to have, obviously. Um, so what would you say to anybody listening right now? That's maybe primarily in the residential game, say single family, or even if they're in the commercial space, but doing residential units. Like, what would you tell them to pitch them on the idea of doing your type of commercial when you're having more corporate type tenants? Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it, it's an interesting
1: question during an interesting time, right? Like a lot of people, cause we're in, most of our assets are, are office space and you know, it, it really is a variable on your location because office space in a lot of areas is getting crushed right now mainly the large metropolitan areas like california new york those those areas um so you know i'm i'm fortunate to be in florida um a lot of people are migrating here a lot of businesses are migrating here i mean you hear that Um, well
0: i know man. i'm from chicago we got everybody going over there
1: yeah (laughs) get it they're in texas um so i'm fortunate to be in the economy we are in i have seen i have seen as you know, like I I mentioned before, we, we focus on smaller businesses and I am starting to see some of those companies have financial, uh, concerns, uh, in the sense of when I say that, because I also have a property management company. So I see a lot more, we manage over a hundred thousand square feet also. So cumulatively all over the city, I get a good bird's eye view of my local economy and I'm seeing people start to go belly up, people starting to, uh, get later and later on rents people starting to alter their rents so i don't know how encouraging i would be of office space to someone right now um there's definitely opportunities it's just more it's a riskier environment um so that's office industrial everyone's hot on industrial it seems like that's very uh taken off um and then you have the retails i kind of put retail in a similar uh similar comparison with uh office space as well but ultimately there's always opportunities and to to not be discouraging i I wanted to put out that caveat that you know it is it is there's definitely some trying times ahead but to me that means there's some opportunities ahead Um, so i'm excited to be picking up to have that line of credit and to be picking up because i know there's going to be some office there's going to be some opportunities coming in the commercial side of things so to me what i would tell people Now that I'm talking about this out loud, educate, educate yourself because there are definitely, um, these opportunities coming, um, for you to capitalize on in the commercial space and the numbers will recover. Um, the numbers will be significantly better if you can buy, if you can buy low, um, which is what's going to happen because when, and not to go on a tangent, but when I'm saying these opportunities on, on commercial space, how I was saying lending is a little different. A lot of these loans are three years or five year arms. And if you think about it, a lot of these people are gonna have to refinance. We know what interest rates have done. So their number game is gonna shift, right? Their their rates and their terms are gonna go higher. They're gonna have a higher monthly payment, which means their expenses are gonna be higher. And you have companies going belly up, so they might not have as much rent income. So you now have higher expenses, decreased revenue. What are you gonna have to do with that property? you're gonna to have to sell it. Lenders aren't lending too much on commercial office space right now or commercial real estate as aggressively, they still are. These companies are gonna go belly up and they're gonna to have to liquidate that asset. And that's where the opportunity comes in.
0: Absolutely, and we're in the post-COVID world too, which has changed everything. Um, you sounded so confident, you are like, there's definitely massive opportunity coming. I'm just curious, like, um, what are your projections then? What do you think is gonna happen? So again, I'm in my bubble in Florida. So I I speak- there, there's no crystal ball here too. So, I mean, there's, a, I'll throw that caveat out there. Nobody knows what's gonna happen. It's, I'm hearing your prediction Not this isn't financial advice.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I hear you. I, I just, you know, my, my perspective of what's gonna happen in New York and California versus what's gonna happen in Florida, I feel are a little different, but you just mean globally with the commercial real estate?
0: I mean, sure. well, I mean you, know, you were talking about, you were talking about opportunities in general. So yeah. I was kind of thinking about market forecast in general as well, on top of um, inflation and all the other things that are kind of nuts with the economy right now. I mean, on the residential space, we have historically low inventory, but buyer demand is just not there anymore uh, compared to where it was, you know, before the interest rates went up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The The opportunity. So on the commercial side you know, there's going to be people that didn't, you know, it's kind of what I was just saying in the sense of like, you have the big operators that have the deep pockets that can weather the storm. Um, And then you have the investors like myself that I would say are small to medium, that have properties we you know, they don't own the majority of the city, we have a couple couple here, a couple there, right. And if those people don't have the correct financing in place, they're going to be pushed out of the market because thing you know i do feel the next couple of years are going to be kind of rough economically um i mean that's what the experts say so that's what i pair it right and i kind of feel that sentiment i am seeing what's what's happening personally from my tenants and the discussions i'm having to have with my tenants um so i'm seeing it um uh, anecdotally and i'm you know and it, it seems to be going that way. So I think harder times are coming and it's about, and that's why all the big money sitting on the sidelines, they they feel the same way. Um, so the opportunities are, unfortunately come from other people's pain and other people's pain comes from not planning correctly. So, you know, like I said, we, we locked in our rates, all of our buildings are locked in at 3% at, for 12 years, which 12 years on a commercial property is a long-term lock. So we can go down to 50% or we can go below, like typically commercial real estate, they say 70% occupancy is about where you break even. And then everything above that is, is, is profit. And we can go below those numbers, weather the storm and come out on the other side,
0: but not everyone playing that way. Well, that's for sure, man. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, they say what comes before all the evictions and things of that nature is um, car repossessions and credit line decreases which we're seeing a lot of right now so i would agree with you i'm I'm not projecting a a rosy financial future for the next 24 months or so but as you said unfortunately with other people's pain does come massive opportunities if if you know how to capitalize on them you had mentioned that you got into property management i'm curious why you added that vertical to your business um
1: you know we i manage we manage our own properties so and we had actually looked at the opportunity of having someone come in and manage ours. Cause I'm a big believer of, you know, I, I want to enjoy my life. Um, I've talked I, you know, we briefly spoke about me potentially getting out of anesthesia to have more freedom, autonomy, you know, can't get your, can't get your time back. Um, so when I started calling different property managers, I started to see a lot of, and I started to hear a lot of, um, deficits. These people wouldn't return their calls. There were, I would talk to tenants in the buildings, they would have poor management. So I saw an opportunity because I know we manage our properties very well. And we've been very good at a lot of things that we see the market isn't supplying. And it's like, we already have the systems in place for property, for managing our properties. So why not expand that to others? So we hired someone on, trained them, um, still training him and looking to hire more because we we started it three months ago and we've already It's already generating over six figures gross. Um, and, and the demand is out there and it just made sense. And it's interesting as, and and this is what I would say, you know, it's, it's the synergism synergy is the word in the sense of, you know, you do commercial real estate or real estate, whatever, and you go into property management, which I didn't know how advantageous it would be because, you know, we're managing for investors. And eventually these investors, I've already encountered this. They want to buy and sell, right? Who are they going to use if they have a good relationship with you? You. So the, the money that can be generated from this, and it was really perfect timing because we kind of have slowed up on our, of course, we're going to buy any opportunities, but we've slowed up on personally, our personal portfolio. And we're focusing our attention to grow in the revenue stream of property management and then brokerage. So it kind of worked out, and it gives you a lot more data points. I'm managing properties in areas I wouldn't have bought before, and I'm learning through managing these other properties, oh, this part of town, which is not the best part of town, actually has higher rent revenue than this nice part of town we have over here, which is significantly significantly more expensive. So I'm getting more data points on what rental rates are, where should we invest, and
0: it's not at my expense. Absolutely. It makes sense for the right type of person. Not everybody's going to be good at property management. It it takes a certain type of personality. um, But the benefit of commercial and property management in general is they're both, most people that get good at those two industries, it's a networking strategy, typically. Um, And it goes hand in hand, as you said, since you're connecting with other investors, who, I mean, they're going to go to you before they sell, right? Right so you might have the first opportunity for a lot of these deals number 1 and number 2 investors talk to each other so if you're a good property manager the, dude they're hard to find um so um that kind of industry could really snowball quickly. But I mean, you need to be the right type of person. I would never make it as a property manager. That is without question.
1: It's it's funny you say that because for the longest time, my partner was like, we should do property management. We should do property management. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not dealing with other people's problems. I'm not doing that. And, uh, you know, towards the lot, like right before we did, I was like, you know, I knew we weren't going to be investing as much personally and I was going to get bored. So I was like, fuck it, let's, let's do it. He's like, no, well, hold on. Let's maybe we should. I was like, no, nah, we're doing it now. We, we, had, we had brought someone in and our whole thing was, you know, we brought this person in. We've trained him on our properties for six months. He can just run the company. He'll, he'll, he'll just go off and he'll run it and we don't have to worry about it. Man, was I wrong about that. He's, uh, I've had to be involved very heavily. And, uh, you know, it's, it is very intensive. You know, commercial is a, lo- a lot different than residential. I wouldn't personally do residential personally like you said it's a different person
0: but definitely headaches yeah without question i thought about doing it once on the residential thing i got to 13 doors and i I killed that quick i was like nope nope this is a thankless job the tenants hate me the landlords hate me and it's like nope um (laughs) you nailed it you nailed it yep very cool man i would love to talk about the golden handcuffs you had mentioned that before the call yeah Um, so give me an impression of that and um Yeah. Let's just dive into that theory or not the theory, but the concept. Yeah. The golden handcuffs. Um, it's not a term I created by any means,
1: but the, I I am fortunate to have a good W2 income, um, that a lot of people would be very grateful for. And I, I have a good career yet. I am still, uh, yearning for something else, uh, and independence from that job, uh, financial freedom. And, uh, the thing I always tell people about you know, when they talk about healthcare and business is the trajectory of business. If you're good, if you're very good at business, your financial trajectory can can be whatever you make it right. And in healthcare, you have great stability, but your trajectory, if you're very good, um, you know, it's great for the patient. It's a good, obviously in healthcare, you need to be good, but your trajectory of income, if you're not an independent practitioner, which is less than half of the community, less half of the work labor just kind of does this, right? You just barely go up, not enough to even meet the, um, inflation cost. So as a deep down, as you know, entrepreneur is a a deep down thing and that's within me. So it kind of, um, I've had a a longing to get out of the W two income rat race for a while. And it's easier said than done when you're making a good salary with stability yet you want to go off and pursue all these other adventures financially so you know and that w-2 is a time commitment right and that time commitment takes away from your potential other investments
0: without questions what do you think's holding you back at this point because i mean you're cash flowing pretty high on, on two businesses now in the second one you're projecting some pretty massive growth yeah i'm scared <laughs> no um, it's
1: definitely there, right? Like uh, I, I, it's something I've been toying with this year. Um, and then when I, when, I, when I take a step back, so there's two things that come to mind. A, from a lending standpoint, uh, as we, we kind of talked on before we started, banks love W2 income. I, uh, I get my loans, I go, all my banks, all my loans are traditional conventional financing and that's because I have a good W2 income. So does that stunt my company's growth? is one concern um and then b uh i do see economic downturn coming right so am i going to potentially step away from the stability of this job when we're potentially going into a a recession so those two things
0: but scared ultimately yeah makes sense man i think technically we are in a recession if you look by the the technical term, I think it's two quarters. I'm sure we're at three at this point. We might even be at four. So we are in a recession, even if the current administration wants to change. the terms <laughs> of it. Um, <laughs> without doubt, man, um, you know, I would just say, do it when you're ready. You know, there's no reason to rush it. If you feel comfortable now, just keep doing what you're doing. Um, but when you take those golden handcuffs off, man, it's gonna be a glorious day. And I can promise you, man, you're gonna make it. I mean, you're so close already. Um, you're totally gonna make. It. So just do I, when you're ready. There's no, there's no rush. I you can still build it's really it's right. on the side. <laughs> I appreciate that. For sure, man. Um, it's cool. Once you do take those golden handcuffs off, man, what would your plans be? Well, it's really gonna be. I mean, I'm literally on the cusp. So I've been thinking about this a lot recently,
1: and it would be growing the property. My goal is to grow the property management company into uh, an all-encompassing brokerage. You know, I I went into, I kind of got my vision the other day um, when I went into my friend, he works for a large uh, commercial company here and he's higher up in this company. And I went into their offices um, before the Jaguar game. Uh, It was before the Jags playoff game, so two weeks ago. And I walked in his office and it's in a nice location. And I know the owner of the company indirectly. And I walk in and my buddy's like, yeah, we do. It was a a large high rise multifamily. And he goes, yeah, we developed this building. We ended up selling it to the company that bought it. We ended up renting this space. It was like a 4,000 square foot, just large space that was beautifully done. And he said over, and there was in the, in the, on the perimeter were offices for the higher ups and in the middle were, uh, cubicles three rows. And he said on the, on the far left is, uh, where our property management people are in the middle is where. Um, our financial people are. And on the right side is where the brokers are. And we get in, we come in here and it's an environment, it's a great community, feeds off each other. And I'm telling you all this to say that really inspired me. It it really clicked with me in regards to the property management, what the potential is, because you see these companies, they create that uh, recurring revenue, which allows them to take more risks uh, and investments. And then obviously you get even the other thing I didn't take into account is on lease leases, You know, we factored in, hey, we'll get these properties, we'll manage them and we'll make this much. But a lot of these properties have high turnover or a lot more uh, spaces available and you get a lot of money off of each tenant you sign. So this recurring revenue and then the sales, It's I plan to answer your question directly, I plan on growing something like that is what my vision was now
0: absolutely man it is a great vision i mean the foundation that you're setting for i mean a a very large-scale business is actually very solid because you have your commercial properties number one the property management the the network that you're going to build from there is going to give you more opportunities if you start selling commercial real estate too and commercial real estate the commissions man they're pretty good um so you don't need you don't need to sell a ton of commercial to do pretty well so i mean the foundation that you're building is absolutely fantastic um, so Tim Horvath, man, anybody listening, if they wanted to reach out, to you, what would be the best way for them to do so?
1: Um, Bold City Commercial is, uh, is our website. You could just go to uh, boldcitycommercial.com, can reach out to us there. I have other websites and stuff, but that would be directly to me. And that's, that's the easiest way I would say.
0: Cool, man um i have a couple websites for you i'll make sure they get into the show notes um tim horvath man thank you so much for giving me a glimpse into your life and into your business and to those of you out there chasing freedom freedom is accomplished one action at a time just go out there and take massive action on um, no more than three of the strategies that we discuss on this show don't want you to run around in circles tell somebody you know that will help hold you accountable and before you know it you too will be living a life of freedom so thank you for tuning in and we'll catch you on the next one